This is Omar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Las Vegas. Joined my designers, Joe Markowski. Appreciate you making the time because I know you've just flown in from yeah. New York. Six hour flight, I didn't realise that. Yeah, almost six. Yeah, long flight, but good to be here. Big fight week for us, big couple of weeks for us coming up. Exactly, yeah, we'll get on to that. Uh, there's a few Twitter questions I'm sure you'd have seen coming as well, we'll get mm. to that later. But I do want to start off with this week in Vegas, Canelo Kovalev. When you started off the streaming services app, mm. do you imagine just over a year you'd mm. be making mega fights like this? I think the ambition was always there for us. Um, I think the signing of Canelo was something we didn't, being honest, immediately anticipate when we launched in the US. Um, it was a nice surprise that the opportunity arose. I think we've progressively made better and better fights and bigger and bigger fights with Canelo and Golden Boy over the last sort of 10 months. So obviously starting with the Rocky Fielding fight, which was, which was a great start. Canelo Jacobs felt like a a proper big pay-per-view level event that we, we took off pay-per-view obviously onto the DAZN service and this feels like a step up to be honest so um, yeah look it, it, it's it's great that we've quickly been able to, to move uh, to make these fights and it takes a lot of hard work behind the scenes to make them happen so when you get here and you see sort of Vegas lit up with the with the branding and the, the fight up in lights that sort of puts it all into perspective but um, yeah look we're we always had ambitions. Um, I think we've executed quite quickly to make them happen. Do you think it gets overlooked sometimes that you've acquired Canelo and Golovkin within just over a year? Um, well, I think people have got pretty short memories, right? People don't want to sit around and sort of praise businesses for moving quickly or, 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 or uh, you know, hitting their strategies. The fans don't care about that. They want to have big fights on a, on a platform that they can watch and is affordable and they feel it's a good deal so um, we don't expect anyone to cl clap us on the back um, we don't clap ourselves on the back we're focused on on building out you know the 2020 schedule now we've got the back end of the year the marketing campaigns done all the hard work's done it's now about just making sure we execute on Saturday night and you know getting our production teams ready um, getting our operational teams ready so um, yeah look we don't give too much thought to that you say that and that's the right answer. I guess ninety percent of boxing fans don't really care uh, in terms of your business. Well, I, like, I like to think that the bo boxing fans in the US have are appreciative of the model that we brought in because it is a significant change, right? Like this fight would be ninety bucks twelve or fourteen months ago, no question. So would Canelo Jacobs. So would Canelo Fielding. Any Canelo fight would have been ninety bucks, eighty-five bucks. Um, so even if you're just a Canelo fan, a Mexican-American Canelo boxing fan, you would have spent 270, 250 odd bucks already. In the last 12 months, we put on you know, three Canelo fights as of this Saturday, and that's you know, less than 100 bucks. So um, yeah, I think fans appreciate that. Um, but yeah, as I say, we don't expect them to sort of you know, bow down in applause of what we've done. Um, they want us to deliver a high-quality stream on Saturday night with a good quality production around it, and uh, they want to enjoy the fight. As we're on the topic of fans, there was a this thing on Twitter going around, copied and pasted tweets. Mm. I asked Eddie about it. Now he mm. kind of clarified any doubt on it because he yeah. said it was, it was 120 dollars. It was really weird. So I think what happened was, I mean, it, first of all, it was nothing to do with us. We didn't <laughs> initiate it. The price was wrong yeah. for a start. I think it was Raging Babe, the boxing blogger influencer. Got about 20,000 followers. Yeah, she she put out. Um, a nice comment about the zone saying that she thought it was great value it was something she enjoyed 
being a subscriber to. And then within about five hours, about 60 people had written the same message. And it was, not, I mean, it was a very, very strange sort of phenomenon. Um, all of our social teams are quite confused by it, so I, I genuinely don't know what happened. Okay, so you, you'd imagine maybe perhaps it was a, a rival network putting that, but then they're putting DAZN's name out there. But, so I mean, it, it got a load of buzz, so it was good for us. <laughs> the only thing that was wrong was the price, which obviously works in our favour because we're actually cheaper than that. Yeah. So I, I don't know, I think it was a freak thing that just people got confused. Maybe people thought there was some sort of, they're going to get paid by posting it. I, I don't know, but it was independent of us. And um, yeah, I know Eddie got a load of questions about it. He was texting me about it. Um, I don't know what happened. don't have an answer for you. Whatever it was, it, it's put DAZN's name out there further, so yeah, doesn't really matter. It's a good thing. Yeah. It's no secret that Canelo and, and Golovkin's contracts, <laughs> they wouldn't have been cheap, let's say. Mm. Um, are we in the kind of the ballpark these next two weeks where you'll recoup the money back on those contracts with Canelo, uh, Canelo Kovalev and KSR Logan Paul next week? What do you mean? Like, so profitability? Not profit, just making the money back. Um, I think we're, obviously as we get more and more efficient and more effective at marketing each of these fights, um, start washing their face more. I mean, we don't go into details of our business model, but like, we're very confident the numbers that we've hit, the numbers we're gonna hit this week and the numbers we'll hit next week, that uh, our business is in a really healthy position. And you know that our investors are happy with those with those returns. So um, look, that we'll, we'll behind the scenes, you know, worry about whether or not uh, uh, the fights hit certain numbers or hasn't. Uh, everything we've done so far has been um, positive in that context, and I've got no reason to believe that this weekend and next won't be the two most successful nights in DAZN USA's history. So um, we're really happy with where we are. We're very comfortable with what we're going into next. The next five weeks are huge. Obviously, this weekend's KSR Logan Paul, which is going to be right up there, weirdly, as one of the biggest boxing events in, in this, the last few years, full stop. And then, obviously, AJ Ruiz in, in Saudi, which is you know, one of the biggest fights in decades. So uh, those three events together, as well as what we'll announce this weekend with, with Eddie um, for the back end of the year, means we'll close out the year in a really strong position. That obviously makes our sort of the, the, the business metrics that I worry about day to day in a healthy position as well. We know with Sky, uh, in terms of their boxing, Adam Smith and Barney Francis are the, kind of the two key decision makers, mm. they call the shots. Mm. With design, we know you're there and John Skipper. Is mm. there anyone else who makes a key decision or is it just you two? No, there's a, there's a management team. So um, obviously we're a British business. Our, our CEO, Simon Denyer, based in London. He um, obviously a key decision maker in all of that. He, he runs the business as a whole with John. So I think people forget sometimes it is a British-based company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so most of our management is British or based in London. Um, so Simon, my boss James Rushton, John, um, and, and the management team in North America are the main sort of decision makers around boxing. Um, Simon's very close to Matchroom. John's very close to Golden Boy. Obviously, based two sides of the pond. So. Um, they take a senior role on both those relationships. I'm involved in both. There's a rights team who've done the deals for us with those two um, promoters. So there's probably four or five key decision makers um, internally. And we work with, with Eddie on, on the matchroom stuff and Frank and the Golden Boy team in relation to all the Canelo stuff and all the wider Golden Boy stuff. So yeah, we've got a strong management team either side of the pond. Okay, just lastly finish up on Canelo. Um, I spoke to you in New York and you said, Aim is still to make that Triple G fight mm. trilogy. 
see Canelo's got to come through this. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah. Um, we know GGG had a, a tough fight out last time against Derinchenko. Dizone actually had him losing the fight. Uh, a lot of people had him. Chris Mannix did, right? Yes. Yeah. That official on the on the big on the screen. broadcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was um, a very close fight. I think it's lost a little bit of value since then. That that trilogy. Um, I don't think so. I, I think my read, and it's debatable, my read is that fans in the US in particular felt that Triple G got stitched up with that, well, at least one of the Canelo fights. Mm. I think that's, that's not, well, not, definitely a, the first it's not a controversial thing to say. No, not at all. Um, and I think they, they think he is deserving of a, another opportunity to, to claw it back. I think there's probably a realisation that in the time that's passed, Canelo's obviously... Um, cruised through a couple of fights. This is, a, I think, the biggest test that he's had since then, in my opinion, um, given the weight class move as well. Um, but I think Triple G's probably been tested a bit more than people expected him to against Derevinchenko. And that might, th people might think that he's going to struggle even more against Canelo next time. But I think that makes the fight more interesting. I think, I think that the, the key thing that remains is that fans believe Triple G's deserving another shot at Canelo. They want to see it, so um, I don't think any any value's been lost in that fight, and it, as a result, it remains our intention to make that fight next year. What was Canelo's key reason, or his team's key reason, for not making that trilogy? I think he wanted, I think he wanted this fight with Kovalev. I think he wants to test himself. I think he he feels that I think Canelo probably feels that he's he's dealt with Triple G. I think he probably feels he's beaten him twice, as you'd expect him to think. Um, but I think what I'm always impressed with Canelo is he, he wants to test himself. He wants to do new things and. I think he said earlier he wants, to, he wants to step up to cruiserweight at some point in his career, which is nuts. I read that earlier, I don't know if that's true, I read it on Twitter. He's heavyweight next, Andy Ruiz, Mexican um, <laughs> But like, I think, I think throughout the conversation he wanted, he, he kept saying Kovalev's name, he wanted to step up, Skilly something he'd marked as, as something he wanted to do. So I think that was a main motivation. I think he realises that we in Golden Boy see huge sort of commercial value in that fight. I think he recognises that a lot of his fans um, want to see the Triple G Trilogy fight. And boxing fans more broadly, uh, and as I said, if he gets through this fight as he wants to, you know, healthily and in one, you know, having won, um, we'll get back in the room and talk about Triple G fight. We'll plan out 2020. Um, we'll do that in late November, early December, before we get on a plane to Saudi. So, um, yeah, wait and see. But we, as I say, it remains our intention to try and make that fight. Okay, cool. Moving on to next week, just want to pick up on a comment you made to another outlet, which yeah. I don't think fans were best pleased with it was um it's the get a life thing get a life yeah that got taken out of context so i apologize to anyone who's offended right uh what i meant was to say was that i think people should embrace the um the fact that the, the event next weekend ksr logan paul is going to bring in a whole load of new fans to the sport i think the question from i think it was seconds out yeah, Danny was, was um what do you have to say to the naysayers you don't you don't want that fight to happen um, my opinion and the opinion of DAZN is that that fight's only going to be a good thing for the sport of boxing. So I, I, I think it's, it's amusing to me when boxing fans sort of dismiss it as a, as a non-event that's insulting to the sport of boxing, when all it's going to do is introduce real boxers like Billy Joe Saunders and Devin Haney to a far bigger audience than they'd get uh, the, on, a, on a standard um, match from USA Boxing Card, being candid, it's going to be one of the biggest that Eddie's delivered in the US audience-wise, and crucially, that's a completely new audience who are not core fans of the sport. 
So even if Eddie said this 15 times, even if 20% of that audience stick around and watch two or three more boxing events, that's us doing, and, and Matchroom and the fighters themselves, doing a service of good to the sport of boxing. So that's what I was trying to get across in that interview. I didn't mean to offend anyone. Um, but look, I think it's, it's a huge it's a huge event next weekend. KSI and Logan Paul, I think you would have followed it, have been promoting the hell out of it. They could they could teach some boxers how to promote <laughs> boxing events themselves. So um, look, we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be a great crowd at Staples Centre in LA. I think Sky have got uh, a fantastic um, deal to, to broadcast that on, on box office in the UK. So uh, either side of the pond, that's going to be a, a massive night of boxing and a great opportunity for Billy Joe and for Devin Haney to to sort of introduce themselves, as I say, to a, to a completely new audience and, and grow their fan bases. Yeah, huge two weeks with the zone and Sky who have acquired Kanat Kovalev in the UK. Mm. Okay, last question from me before we move on to Twitter. How would you describe the state of boxing at the moment in the States? Um, and do you see any major changes, let's say, in the next two to three years? I think boxing's um, benefiting hugely from an injection of investment from people like ourselves and ESPN and and, and others. Um, I think the streaming wars between various streaming platforms well beyond sport and well beyond boxing have benefited boxing hugely. There's a lot of money flying around. Um, I think better fights are being made. I think pressure is being put on promoters to make better fights by broadcasters who see uh, the need to make bigger fights happen. Um, on a subscription basis rather than on a, on a transactional pay-per-view basis, so that's that's only a good thing for boxing fans. Um, I think the young crop coming through, Devin Haney being uh, one example, Shikos Stevenson coming through, there's an exciting crop of, of young talent coming through American boxing with various promoters, Ryan, Ryan Garcia. Garcia's over here somewhere, yep. um, obviously to sign a new deal with Golden Boy which we're very happy about, so there's a, a whole new sort of generation coming in who are one, brilliantly talented, being put into to, to increasingly tough tests by their promoters and by their broadcasters, and are you know skilled social media promoters. So, I think the sport of boxing's got a lot of work to do to recover from its failures in the last 10 or 20 years. We think pay-per-view being the, the biggest part of that, but I think the, the sort of the green shoots of life are, are definitely starting to come back into boxing. And as a result, we're really happy with the investment that we've made and will continue to make. So. Um, yeah, American boxing is in a good place. I think you see these American boxers going over to the UK. Um, Amo Williams, I watched a lot of your stuff with him last week. You know, they, they realise the, the success that, that Eddie's had and Matchroom have had in the UK and that they see the crowds and the passion that UK fans have for boxing. Um, the US has got a, a way to go to compete with football and basketball and baseball to get there, but all the right things are happening and I think that makes for a a healthy uh, sport than it was 18 months ago in the US. So, yeah, all, all good stuff on that front. Ammo's an interesting character. Yeah, <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. Oh, he is. He is. Um, but there wasn't much boxing talk in his interviews. But Eddie, um, Eddie throwing the private jet treatment at him. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that went down well. <laughs> See, that's a good, a good point, though. You know, as well as getting Canelo, Golovkin, Usyk, and Joshua on your platform, you've got Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia, mm. who are still very young, two mm. of the hottest prospects of world boxing mm. so if you can keep them in the zone which is mm. what you want to do it all bids mm. well for the future well Ryan signed a, uh, a deal with Golden Boy that, that that sort of it will outlast the, the current deal we've got with Golden Boy for the next four or five years so uh, he, he's locked in and we're really happy about that he's a great partner of ours we work well with him Devin Haney uh, obviously with Eddie 
newly crowned WC world champion. Controversially. Controversially. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, Eddie's, Eddie's, I'm sure, very keen to, to lock him down, as are we. So for, for me, it's about, you know, selfishly as a broadcast, we want to see those guys put into big fights maybe earlier than the promoters do because the promoters see uh, value in longer term career planning. We want to see probably shorter term big fights happening to generate good business for us but um, that we'll, we'll strike a balance there and obviously that's going to work out well for for our, for our subscription base. Okay, moving on to Twitter. Okay, he's got, these guys got three questions but there were good questions so I'm going to ask all of them. This is One, a Q&A you've put out on Twitter, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Will the inflated prices be paid to fighters in the US settle in the next 18 months? Yeah, it will. I think... Um, Sooner, you reckon? I think in the next 12 months that the sort of normality will, will, will descend back on boxing. Our entry, like if any company comes into any industry as a new entrant, you often have to pay a, a market entry premium. You have to spend money to to establish yourselves. We definitely did that the last 12, 18 months. Um, ESPN have been doing that as well, well yeah, since, since you came in. Well, we're competing in, in boxing with them for, for fighters and for promotional relationships, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's risen the market. Happy to say, I've said it before, certain people in the right place at the right time, both boxers and managers, and they got healthy paydays. Um, we are, you know, we're a business that's driven by data. We know what's valuable, we know what's not, and we'll pay for what is and what isn't. So as we get increasingly sophisticated in learning what, what works for us and what doesn't, we'll, we'll direct our cash in the right way and we'll know increasingly what, what it's worth. So um, that's the beauty of our business. We learn very, very quickly. And I think from our perspective, we, uh, we've made a splash. We recognise we needed to do that and we're happy we did. Um, but it don't think it has to, to keep going for, for much longer. We'll obviously pay fair market value, um, as will ESPN and others. Uh, Showtime and others as well, but um, we're not going to overpay. Uh, I think that the normality is settling back into to what we pay for and how much we pay for. Seen HBO uh, leave the market. Spoke mm. to you in New York again about Deontay Wilder mm. having this fight with Brazil on Showtime and then announcing this fight with Ortiz on pay per view on Fox. So mm. the question uh, from John O'Rourke is: Will Showtime still be a player in the sport in the next two or three years? You reckon? Yeah, I, I, my personal view is when we when, when we started DAZN five years ago or planning for DAZN five years ago. If you listen to any sort of industry press or any sort of commentator around the rise of OTT and streaming, everyone said TV's going to die within five years. Obviously, TV's not dead. Showtime have got a healthy uh, business. I think they're under more competitive pressure than they were a couple of years ago with us and ESPN um, spending the money that we're spending and investing the way we are. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't see any, any. I don't see Showtime leaving the market anytime soon. That's obviously a question for, for Stephen Espinosa and his his team. But um, look, I think they've got a healthy business. They've been great for the sport of boxing and. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Okay, last question from this guy: What are Joe Markovsky's top three dream fights to make for his own? So we'll put Canelo Kovalev aside. Uh, yeah, we've made that one. I think Canelo Triple G three. I'd love to see that fight happen for various reasons, as a fan as well as just from a business perspective. Um, I'd love to see, as a British boxing fan, being honest, I'd love to see AJ get through Ruiz and then. Um, come back in a big fight with Jonte Wilder in the US. That's huge for us. And I think in the next 12 to 18 months, we talked about it earlier, I'd love to see Devin Haney fight Ryan Garcia. Um, that'll be huge for us. It'll be a big arrival for the next generation of fighters. So, yeah, for different reasons, I think they're three fights that 
Um, it'll take some work to get them done, but I think in the next 18 months it wouldn't be crazy to expect all three of those fights to happen. I think that happened, all boxing fans would be pleased. I mean, yeah. Canelo, Triple G and Haney Garcia, obviously they're both all with DAZN, so you'd imagine that'd be slightly easier than the Joshua Wilder fight. Yeah, uh, well, the, the reason Joshua Wilder's not easy right now is because Joshua's got the biggest test of his career on December the 7th. No considerations, no planning for anything beyond that. It goes out the window if you do. Of course, um, his, his career's at a crossroads at that point. So, um, look, we'll see what happens on the 7th and, we'll, and we'll, we'll get back planning with Eddie and, and the guys on that. Matt Gunner, 32. Can you see a future around the corner where major sports stream their own content and cut out networks and streaming apps? It's already happens. Um, in some cases, a lot of the perform business, the original DAZN parent company business was providing digital services for those guys. Look, I think ultimately there are very few sports where the, the fan base is so singularly focused on a sport that you can get away with just broadcasting your own events and ignoring everything else. I think people ultimately want a bit of a mix in their sports packaging and given the money involved, I think uh, sports rights holders, content owners like, like Eddie and Matchroom, like the Premier League are always going to have um, financially incentivizing offers to go and sell to a multi-sport broadcaster. So I don't see it becoming the norm. I see um, longer term, I see certain sports taking a bigger and bigger percentage of the total investment in sports rights content. I think boxing is definitely one of them because it continually drives an audience. Mm. Um, and then the major sports, soccer in the UK or football in the UK, I should say, my mates will take the piss out of me for that. Um, American football here, basketball, baseball, they're going to continue to command the vast majority of the, of the rights fees, but always with a major broadcaster attached, not, not doing it themselves. Okay, just back to Canelo Kovalev, actually. Um, I'm not a UFC fan at all, mm. but I know there is a, a major fight on Saturday. Mm. What time is that here in the US? Uh, I think it's going to be about 11.30 Eastern. The, right. the main event will start. It's at MSG in New York. We'll see three hours ahead of where we are, but the times are generally lined up. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll align on that. We're working out how, how best we do that. There's, there is a crossover between UFC and boxing. It's not as big as some people think in terms of fan base. Um, it's going to affect numbers in some way, though? Um, not if we get the timings right. I think, I mean, a lot of the Twitter stuff I've seen is people thinking, well, I'm, going to, I'm going to dual screen this. I'm going to, I'm going to have the ESPN pay-per-view on for the UFC and then uh, DAZN on for the Kale Kovalev fight. I, I, honestly, I think people exaggerate how big the crossover audience is. There's definitely a, a small crossover. But I think we'll work the timing so that there's no direct clash and ultimately people are, are, are primarily boxing fans or they're UFC fans and they'll, they'll make it cool. Um, I don't see it being a huge impact on our, on our numbers, no, to be honest. Okay. Bams, will Frank Smith be your best man at your wedding? Uh, well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. <laughs> um, uh, right now, me and Frank are you know, very happy as friends and professional colleagues, but. Um, best man's a bit of a stretch, I think. I've got a few mates who'd be a bit pissed off if I made Frank Smith a best man as and when that day comes. <laughs> um, JD Evans, can you ask Joe if the zone's investment in boxing will reduce if they secure the rights to a major US sport like NFL or a red zone package, for example, and how that would work with the existing pricing structure? No, if we invest in other sports, which we will do at some point in the future in the US, um, that'll be incremental investments, so a separate pot of, of funds. We've made a commitment, contractual commitment to, to all of our boxing promoters and fight sports promoters. So um, that that will be completely separate to, to anything we do in any other sport. So uh, look, we're, we're excited about investing in uh, domestic content in the US. We've done it already with um, MLB. We've got a, a show that's a year old now, about to 
close out the first season of that show. So um, yeah, if we invest in other sports, and when we do, that'll be a separate separate plan and won't affect our boxing investment. Okay, it'd be good for our boxing fan base though. Uh -huh. Bring more people in watching more of our boxing events. So that'll mm -hmm. be good again, good for the sport of boxing. Rob's asked, what's been your favourite card on design that didn't involve Joshua and Kimmel? Uh, the Triple G Derevinchenko fight was pretty special. Um, we knew it would be a big test for Triple G going in. Didn't think, expect that though. I think I, I think it's <coughs> surprised everyone in a, in, a, in a good way. It was, it was a brilliant fight. Um, I think it's a few nerves ringside with the Triple G team and, and the DAZN team. Obviously, you've got a long-term relationship with Triple G. We're happy you got the result. Um, but yeah, that was I think a, not just a great, a great, not just a great fight, a great card. Eddie's put on some great cards as well. But I think. Um, he was obviously involved in that. Triple G Derevinchenko, I think, was, a, was, was my favourite card okay. so far. Uh, you can't top AJ Ruiz at MSG. It was unbelievable. Were you there? Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, walking you know, as a Brit, walking, there's like 12,000 Brits in there. Mm. It felt like you were in London. Um, obviously, a crazy result, so that was great. Right, UK Boxing 11 was mainly, this was mainly Eddie who said it, but when you launched last year, one of Eddie's biggest things was how are they going to show the entire card as no danger of a movie coming on after, the zone are not doing this, why? Was Eddie unrealistic or just way off the mark in what he was saying? We're not showing any movies, we didn't any rights for any movies. Um, I think we're broadcasting significantly more fights on every card than than the major broadcasts in the US have done previously. I think what Eddie is probably referring to there is if you're watching a card on Showtime, they'd only ever do three or four fights previously and then obviously cut other content. Um, we obviously are broadcasting six or seven fights on every card, which is the vast majority of the, card, of the fights on the card full stop. So uh, look, we'll continue to do that. I think we want to serve the, the, the younger up and coming fighters who are earlier on the card. Um, yeah, no, we're getting decent audiences on those fights, so um, we'll continue to do that. Yeah, I didn't think you were showing movies. No, no. not yet. <laughs> Michael Foster, um, who's the best boxing promoter in the game at the moment? Uh, that's a tough question for me to answer. I think they're all, um, well, the ones we work with are, are, are great. Um, <laughs> um, look, I think they've got different strengths, being honest, and I'm not just sitting on the fence. I think Eddie's probably, um, obviously, clearly the, the leading promoter in the UK. I think Eddie's social media game and matchroom social media game is his best in show as well. I think Golden Boy have a fantastic roster of Mexican-American fighters. That's a huge population that that roster serves in the US. I think Top Rank have got some great young talent as well. Um, obviously Al Heyman, not a promoter, but his roster of fighters um, is really strong as well. So I think there's a really they've all got their strengths. Um, yeah, we're, we're really close with Golden Boy. We're really close with, with matchroom. So... Um, yeah, I think that for me, for me, Eddie and, and the matchroom guys have done a fantastic job the last five or six years and as relatively new entrants have done some pretty outstanding things, especially in the UK, um, to grow the sport of boxing. So, yeah, I think I'd, I'd, hopefully that's enough of a sit on the fence answer. It is indeed. Um, okay, two from UK, Rob MCR, which will close off the interview. He's one of the most regular likers and retweeters of my Twitter activity. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Big yeah. shout out to him then. Big shout out. Okay. Big shout out, Rob. Will we get numbers from Design for the Canelo Cobbler fight? We generally don't announce our numbers. We're a private business. Um, we obviously report to our board and we report to our owners. Um, we only ever announce numbers if it makes sense for us to do. Um, there's some reason that why we do it. We did it after the Canelo Jacobs fight. There are strategic reasons for that. that there were many numbers going around for that, though. 
not, not from us. We put out one number. Uh, we Which put was? out a global number. 1.2 million global audience on that on our platforms. And in the US? Well, the vast majority of that coming from the US. We didn't release specifics. Um, there's reasons for that that I won't get into that we wanted to put out. Um, probably to settle down some rumours in the market that, that were way off. Uh, probably driven by some of our, our friends elsewhere in the industry. Uh, but we'll only ever do that when we see strategic benefit in doing it. Um, it's, a, it's a benefit of being a private company. We don't need to do that. And we'll only ever report to our management uh, and our investors. Okay, last one from your favourite Twitter follower. What other countries are on the table that you want to launch in? Uh, nothing right now. Um, we're in nine markets. We've launched in a couple more markets this year. Um, Brazil being the most recent in Spain. Um, We've got a team in London uh, who are always looking at different markets, different regions to launch in. Um, there's a few things we're looking at at the moment, but nothing we're ready to announce quite yet. Um, obviously, everyone at the Zone, we had a management meeting in London a couple of weeks ago. Everyone's focused on a, on a massive event of the year for us. Obviously, US fight season, three major events coming up, one more that we'll announce later in the week with Eddie for the end of the year. Um, and as you know, in Japan, there's big events in, in um, Germany and Europe, you've got the, the Champions League and the, the Bundesliga games ramping up, so um, there's a, a lot of things for us to worry about beyond market new market launches. So when we're ready, we'll, we'll come to the table with that. But right now, we're focused on growing in our existing markets and, and delivering on our ambitious growth plans. All right, so a huge period coming up for Design. Joe Markowski, appreciate it. Tell me.